Welcome to the Beauty and the Vlog Podcast. I'm your host, Erica Vieira. Join me as I interview YouTube superstars in the worlds of beauty, fashion, fitness, and lifestyle. I go in-depth with your favorite video vloggers and discuss their journeys to success and the struggles they encountered along the way. We go behind the scenes of the world of vlogging and talk about what works and what doesn't and what it takes to be a YouTube superstar. So sit back and prepare to learn, have fun, and be inspired. Let's go. Well, hello, everyone. Erica here with another interview for you. This time, I spoke with Lee Figueroa, otherwise known as Mami Chula. Lee is a New York-based YouTuber who started her channel back in 2009 and currently has 154,000 subscribers and 25 million video views. I really enjoyed my chat with Lee. Lee was very in-depth and honest with some of her negative experiences on YouTube. She talked about how she really allowed the hate comments and negative comments on her channel really affect her. And she goes into really how it did affect her, but also how she was able to overcome that and continue to thrive and grow in her channel. She also talked a lot about how she tried a bunch of different jobs and then finally realized that YouTube was her place to be. So it was a great conversation and don't forget to subscribe so that you can be up to date with all the interviews that I've got lined up for you guys. All right. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the interview. Bye-bye. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another interview here at Beauty and the Vlog. For this interview, I had the pleasure of speaking with Lee Figueroa, also known as Mami Chula. Yes. Hello, everyone. (laughs) So, Lee, I gave our listeners and viewers a little bit of background in the intro, but why don't we get started by letting us know what inspired you to start your YouTube channel? Okay, well, I actually stumbled across the whole YouTube community way, way back, I would say about five years ago, and I stumbled upon it very randomly. Back then, there was not a lot of, there was not a big beauty community back then, not a lot of people coming out with these type of videos. Um, And I kind of, it was more like Candy Johnson, um, and maybe about five other people coming out with these videos. And I had such an obsession with makeup back in high school. I did not share that obsession with a lot of my friends. Um, And I was actually made fun of a lot in high school. Believe it or not, I would go to high school with a lot of like colorful eyeshadow and bold lips and like overdone blush. And it was nothing that I could relate to with any of my friends. So I guess I was randomly looking up reviews one day on YouTube and I came across this huge beauty community. I would watch it every single day after school. And then I randomly actually got a laptop for Christmas. And I was like, you know what? I think I can do this. And I came out with my first video. It was, um, I believe it was a video of my top five hair products at the time. And uh, not thinking that it was gonna go anywhere. So that was where the first video started. I didn't even think anyone was gonna watch. I didn't think that any more videos were gonna come after that one. Uh, But it kind of took off and people started requesting more. I started growing a following, and uh, that's where it all began. And you started back in 2009. Right. And exactly. so that was a little while back. And you said at the time, there, I mean, today it's just, it just seems like there's dozens and, do, I mean, hundreds of YouTubers and beauty channels. So you yes. were kind of, you know, at the beginning of that time. 
how how did you feel when you first uploaded those first couple videos? It was very nerve wracking, especially because of what I used to go through in high school. Mm -hmm. I got made fun of a lot. I really was putting myself out there not knowing what kind of response I was going to get back. Mm -hmm. um, but it was for the most part positive. If you put yourself out there uh, in the internet world, people are going to say whatever they want. So it's not always going to be 100% positive. Uh, but for the most part, it really was. And when I started my channel, um, I really only started full time two years ago. In the beginning, it really was just a hobby, uh, something that would help me relieve stress when I came home from school. And it was really a, a positive kind of community that I could relate to. So I really did get a good amount of feedback from people. Um, so that kind of the, the more that I came out with videos, I became more and more comfortable with putting myself out there. You said that, you know, at a certain point, you felt that you're starting to get some traction and your channel was starting to take off. What was that point for you? Um, I would say actually, once I decided to go into YouTube full time is mm -hmm. when it really took off. And that was two years ago. And basically it was a period where I came out with a video every other day, a brand new video. And um, I was not working at the time. I was able to fully commit myself to YouTube. And that is when I saw the most growth. Um, I think people just want to see constant content. They want to see you uploading as often as possible. And that is probably my number one tip for people that are starting. Just come out with a lot of material. Mm -hmm. The more, the better. So what made you then decide to do YouTube full time as your it's your sole source of income, right? Yes, it is now. And that was a, a long time coming. I actually had a, a very long history of jobs that just did not work out for me. Mm -hmm. um, I went to college because I thought I wanted to be a teacher. And uh, I started working in that degree. And I just was not happy. I didn't think it was my passion. Um, all the other girls that I was going to college with would love being in the classroom. And mm -hmm. I kind of looked at the clock. I couldn't wait for the time to end. I just wasn't happy. Um, so after that, you know, I kind of left that dream and I went into the nursing field. And um, it wasn't a bad job. It just was not something that I felt like I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So, you know, that took a lot of training, a lot of schooling. I left that as well. After that, believe it or not, I don't know if I was too into ID channel or what it was, but I, I thought that I wanted to go into law enforcement. So mm -hmm. I started taking, and this is all documented on my channel mm -hmm. because I kind of have always put my life out there. A lot of Q&A videos, so I, I always talked about my experiences in my channel, even though it was mainly beauty. So um, I started taking civil service exams, and I got a job as a uh, public safety officer, which was... One of the most scariest jobs I ever had. I had a bulletproof vest. It was a lot of training. Uh, I was one week into the job and I was scared out of my mind. And I'm like, this is <laughs> this is not what I'm meant to do. I don't know what crazy. So, you know, I invested all this schooling, all this training, all this time. And I felt like a failure because mm -hmm. nothing was working out. Nothing. So when I decided to move out of my parents' house with my boyfriend at the time, Richie, um, I, I was trying to think what made me happy in life, and that was YouTube. And I was making, you know, an okay amount of money from YouTube at the time, but not enough to have it as a career. And it was at that time that Richie and my mother pushed me. They saw how happy I was. I felt like this was a passion, and they're like, you just need to dedicate your time to it. So because of the support system that I had, I was able to leave all those jobs behind, all those things that I thought I was a failure at, and really just focus on what made me happy, and that was YouTube videos. So that was the time that I came in two years ago, full-time videos every other day. It's a lot of work, it's a lot of behind the scenes, but 
I never looked back from that day. I kind of thought I would do a one month trial, mm -hmm. see how it goes. And I never stopped after that one month. I just kept continuing. It has grown and grown. It's made me so happy. And um, it, it is my passion. You know, I feel like I had to go through all those other crossroads to kind of get where I am today. And I'm so happy that I found that I feel what really makes me happy that I'm able to do this on an everyday basis. That's such a, a powerful lesson is, you know, it's not, I mean, and, and, and you're so open and honest and thank you for that. And that, you know, you tried all these different things and in your mind, you felt like you failed. I mean, you tried teaching, yeah. you tried nursing, you tried yeah. law enforcement and you tried all these different things. Right. And, but the thing is that that takes a lot of courage to kind of get up, try something new, get up, try something new. But it's a powerful lesson because you stuck to your instinct of, you know, this isn't right for me. I've got to try something else. And a right. lot of people don't. A lot of people just stick to something and then they'll just do exactly. it for the rest of their lives and be miserable. So exactly. I, I give you a lot of credit for that. I mean, I've experienced that in my own life too. And it is such a powerful thing to finally tune into your intuition and your instinct of what is truly going to make me happy. And I'm a firm believer that if you really figure out what's going to make you happy, even if you're, the money's not coming in right away, you'll find a way and eventually it'll you'll be a success Exactly, at. 100%. It's very hard to find out in your 20s mm -hmm. to know what you wanna do for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I know a lot of people go through this. I know I'm not the only one. I have a lot of friends that are in their older 20s and they still don't know what they wanna do for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So it is, it can be a troubling time. Um, I was very down on myself during that time because I kind of felt like everything that I tried, I was so excited for in the beginning. This is it. This is it. And then once I was actually there and done with all the training and the schooling and all that time, I was like, wow, all this wasted, you know, all these exams that I took. And it was a it was a hard period in my life because I felt like I'm not good at anything. I'm not happy with anything. What am I going to do for a living? How yeah. am I going to figure out the rest of my life? Yeah. So, you know, to be able to do something like this, it's it's a dream come true. So it sounded like though when you first made that decision, you really weren't at the position monetarily to, to kind of support yourself fully with YouTube. How did you make that transition to, yeah. Yeah, I know it was a really weird time to, mm -hmm. to actually do something like this because it was when I was moving out on my own and you mm -hmm. need your own money. Um, but I felt like that was the time that I was becoming independent, you know, for my parents living on my own. I was moving in with my boyfriend. Um, and really it was, I don't think I could have done it without him, without mm -hmm. his constant support, because he was the main breadwinner during that time. Yeah. Um, and I kind of feel like one hand washes the other. He was able to hold it down, go to work every day. And he would come home after 12 hour shifts, help me with the technology because I'm, I'm not good with computers, believe it or not. I'm not good with computers, with lighting, with cameras. Um, and and I just had that support from him from day one. Um, I don't think that I would be able to do it on my own without him. I definitely needed a very good support system to be able to make a transition because it does take some time. I know a lot of people that are starting their channels know that it takes a lot of work behind a 10 minute video. And sometimes it's easy to get discouraged if you don't get the kind of reaction that maybe you were expecting. Mm -hmm. But you do have to be patient. Sometimes I will put so much work into a video and think it will get this great outcome and it will be the opposite. And sometimes some videos that I just kind of slept together will get a really positive income that I mean, um, a positive outcome that I was not expecting. So I think that you really have to be patient um, and not think that you're going to get this huge following right away. It takes time to build that up. And that's why I needed him to support me during that time. And uh, now we're 
we're at a point where I don't need to be supported by anyone financially because I'm completely independent. I'm making my own money. I can cover all of our bills. So, you know, but it definitely took teamwork in the beginning. What did you change once you decided to do YouTube full time? Like, what did you let's get down into like kind of the nitty gritty. Like, what did you change in regards to your videos? And it sounded like you uploaded more. Were there specific things yes. you did? I definitely took a lot more requests, number one. I wanted to come out there with what people wanted to see. A lot of people like get ready with me videos and uh, makeup tutorials, reviews on very specific items, things that are hot at the moment, uh, music video looks that are very popular. So I would kind of come out with what people were demanding. Um, other than that, I did invest a little bit down the line because you do need money to invest. And I don't think that you need to start off with the top of the line equipment, but it is important to have a good quality camera good lighting, um, good editing software. So that was stuff that I did invest in down the line. But in the beginning, it was not so much of a change of what I was doing in the past years. Um, I just feel like the more often I was uploading, the more comfortable I got in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, I was not myself. If you go and see the videos from five years ago, I'm like, completely different person. I used to think that I had to be so professional and it just sounds so scripted and it's not really me because I was nervous. Yeah. Um, but the more time in front of the camera, the more interaction that I had with my viewers, the more I saw that it was okay to just be myself. I'm silly all the time. And now I'm the same way in real life as you see me in my videos. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so how long were you doing YouTube full time before you were able to be independent monetarily where you felt that you're actually making a, a good salary. I would say after well I was doing YouTube you know part-time I want to mm -hmm. say for about three years which was maybe four uploads a month so mm -hmm. that's what I mean as part-time YouTube um I would say that it would take it took a consistent six months of coming out with an every other day video before I saw enough income where I was able to, to supplement all of my needs. Um, if you're not gonna come out with a new video every other day, it's not gonna grow as fast. Mm -hmm. And again, it was it was a lot of work because I didn't just wanna slap something up there. I wanted every single video that I came out with um, to be very good quality and you know something that I could be proud of. So it is a lot of work. I was working seven days a week to come out with videos every other day. When you say every other day, is it just like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday? Or was it yes. three, so three videos a week? And right. do you remember how many subscribers you had at that point? Like you said, after the six oh, months where you felt you were independent. How many subscribers did you have then? I would say I was probably around a hundred thousand. Okay. Where I felt like I could, I could supplement my needs. That's mm -hmm. probably the turning point where I was able to, to do this on my own um, and not need the help of anyone else to, to support anything. And is that, are you getting at that point where you're getting your income a hundred percent on your views from YouTube? Um, it's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. Part of it is from the views. Part of it is from people that click on the advertisements. Some of it is contracts that I have with different companies that I work with. So I kind of get commission checks. You know, mm -hmm. it comes in a lot of different directions. The bulk of it is from YouTube alone, um, but it's definitely not everything. There's a lot of different avenues and you kind of learn the more that you're doing this, um, the different opportunities that will come your way and ways that you could take advantage of that. Can you talk a little bit about those avenues? If you, if we've got, you know, I know we've got a lot of listeners here who, who want to make YouTube their full-time career and mm -hmm. maybe aren't sure how they can make money doing YouTube. I mean, could you mm -hmm. talk a little bit more about a couple of those, those different avenues? 
Right. Well, I would definitely say if you're first starting up your channel, you want to make sure to start it up for the right reasons. I think that if you come into this type of field thinking that you want to do it to make money, to become big on YouTube and stuff like that, that you're not really going to be as successful. At first, I wouldn't concentrate on making money, growing a large amount of subscribers. I would really say just focus on coming out with videos that you would like to see yourself, uh, listening to people's requests, collabing with different artists out there, um, and just really growing a following of people and after that the opportunities will come to you i really have never been one of those people that will try to go and contact companies to work with they will come to you if you're happy with what you're doing if you have a good following that will come off on the mm -hmm. screen and the opportunities will come your way i definitely don't recommend going into this trying to make youtube your career um because there's really a lot more than that mm -hmm. got it mm -hmm. um and then okay so it sounds like at around the 100,000 subscriber mark is where you start to get a few more of those opportunities per se. Right. Are you working with a manager or like a, um, I know they have those platform type. Right. Networks? I get approached by, I cannot tell you how many networks um, flood my email trying to get me to sign. Even companies that I have said flat out no to a, a month later, they'll think that I changed my mind. I have, and, I, and again, I don't want to name any names because I don't want to bash anyone out there. Um, I have been tried to be bribed um, by different companies that said that they would fly me out to this event, we'll give you this vacation if you sign with us. Uh, some of them are, are very tricky like that. Mm -hmm. And I am so proud that I have been able to say no to every single one of them just because I feel like they're going to take a cut of your money. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I do so much work. My channel is run completely by me. I don't want to share my money with anyone. And in the end, I know they say that they're going to give you so much exposure and take a little cut that your channel is going to grow so much that you're not even going to notice what they're taking. But I am friends with so many girls that have signed with many different networks and a lot of them are disappointed. Hmm. So my own personal advice, I would not sign with a network. Um, but again, you don't have to follow what I say. I do not feel like I will ever sign with a network. Um, I feel like I can get the exposure that I need on my own. I've been doing this on my own very successfully mm -hmm. and I just don't feel like it's worth it to give a cut of my money to anyone. Yeah. So you're an independent woman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so are you then, um, cause a lot of the people that talk to you that do work with a network or a manager, the, mm -hmm. the manager is the one that gets them a lot of the work from companies and, and those kind of opportunities. Are you being approached directly from those companies or are you actually directly reaching out to some of the companies also? No, I actually have never um, contacted a company on my own. And I work with many, many different companies, um, Neutrogena, Clean and Clear, Milani, uh, a, a lot of different companies. And sometimes I ask them, how did you find me? Because it's such a huge sea. And I feel like I'm just like, a little fish yeah. in a big sea. And I'm like, how did you find me? I will get contacted most often through their PR company. And um, the same way that anyone would find me, they just search videos and, and they find an interest in what I'm talking about, my personality and my passion. And um, that's how they find me. So that's why I say don't be so consumed in having to find companies to work with. I'm not even really sure if that's a good impression if you're going to contact a company you don't want to come across as desperate um, or a sellout so mm -hmm. I honestly would just wait for the opportunities to come to you and again that's why you have to be very patient it's not going to come in the beginning it's going to come after all of your hard work but it will pay off in the end it absolutely will 
All right, that's awesome. So let's switch gears a little bit. And you mentioned at the beginning of the interview that you were horrible with technology, which mm -hmm. I find is interesting. So, because mm -hmm. a lot of the girls that, that get into it, actually some say they're really savvy and some say they're not. How did you kind of school yourself in this world of technology? Actually, it's really funny because I'm kind of self-taught through YouTube. Mm -hmm. I am, I have to be like a nerd and I have to Google or YouTube how to work my camera, um, how to edit videos. In the beginning, when I was starting everything, the manuals would confuse the heck out of yeah. me, you know, like my camera manual and different lenses and lighting equipment, different types of editing software, computers. I was not in my element at all. Um, so instead of researching and reading, I'm a very visual person. I have to see somebody like actually working the camera, mm -hmm. showing how the lens works, how to set up the lighting um, equipment, and that's what actually helped me a lot. I do everything through YouTube. I'm very visual, and I was able to teach myself just do watching video tutorials. What do you use uh, to edit? I use uh, Movie Magic's Edit Pro. Mm, okay, Movie. Mm -hmm. What? It, where is that? What? Movie it's Magic? through it's through Windows. I know oh, a lot okay. of people use Mac. Mm -hmm. um, one of my best investments that I ever made was my video editing laptop. In the beginning, I used to have such a bad problem with my videos always crashing. Mm -hmm. It took two hours to upload them, um, to download them and save them was another additional hour. I had so much problems with my computer. That's when I finally decided that I was just going to invest in a video editing laptop. And it was one of the most best decisions I've ever made. It takes me under half an hour to save my videos now to convert them to upload them it's 20 minutes i have so much space my computer never crashes so it's definitely a very very good investment it's not the prettiest laptop it's not a mac it doesn't look like anything special but it definitely has the capability to handle everything that i put it through what do you mean by video editing laptop like what uh it's not, it's called a gamer laptop and i guess it's for people that play I don't know, I guess video games mm -hmm. on their laptop because that's what it's called, a gamer laptop. Okay. So it's not like it doesn't have all the frills and thrills that a Mac might have. It doesn't come with all these programs, but it basically comes with a huge hard drive. It's able to store so much information. It's very, very fast. Mm -hmm. So it's specifically for handling a lot of information. Um, I put my computer through so much. Like I have so many files on it. I edit many, many videos on a daily basis mm -hmm. and it has never crashed. So it's like specifically for what I'm doing so mm -hmm. it's able to handle it is mm -hmm. it a specific brand yeah it's called the Lenovo idea pad mm. that's the name of it okay got it mm -hmm. all right so one of the topics that we always discuss here on beauty in the vlog is the idea of struggle while you are rising through kind of the ranks of the YouTube world and I know you touched a little bit about them at the beginning but what what has been a particular struggle for you as you have been growing your channel and and how I, do you overcome that i would definitely say in the beginning um putting up with the amount of negativity mm -hmm. i don't know why sometimes it's easier to focus on the negativity rather than the positivity there's i would say five percent negativity the other 95 percent is all positive feedback um people that give very inspirational comments, but sometimes your eyes will just go directly to the mean comments. And I, I believe it was about two years ago where it was very, very popular to have these bashing blogs. And uh, basically it was like a forum and they would have all of the beauty gurus or whatever you want to call them, um, all their names and you would click on it and there would be page after page after page of hateful mean comments. Mm -hmm. So 
one of my friends found it, found my name on it. And, um, oh gosh, it, it killed me. It really mm. killed me because it's, it's one thing to have, you know, three negative comments on your video. It's another thing to see hundreds and hundreds of pages of negative comments about you, about the way you speak, about the way you dress, about the way you do your makeup, your hair, your family, everything. And uh, it really hit me. And I remember that every single morning I would wake up and on my phone, I would check this blog every, and I would start oh off my, my day. It would make me cry. But I'm like, you know what? If people are seeing this, I want to see what's being said about me. And I became very obsessed. And then I would be in a, a bad mood every day, I would take it out on my family and my friends. Um, and it really affected me. And I was like, you know what? This is one day I just had an epiphany. I'm like, this is not doing me any good. Kind of like what you can't see won't hurt you. Um, so I was just like, you know, what? There, there's no point in me checking this every single day. I don't care. And my friends would check it too, which now I think back on, I don't really think that's being a true friend. They would be like, Oh, did you see this? They yeah. said this. And I would just have to be like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. You know, it just, I believe that it got shut down now, but I know it was so popular at one point. I would have so many people emailing it to me. They would comment me the link in the comments. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I just want this to disappear. Yeah. Um, it was so much negativity, but I was strong enough to just kind of ignore it. And then it, it kind of just went away. It went away once I didn't allow myself to be as obsessed. And now I definitely prefer to just um, really give my attention to the positive people instead of the negative people, because I feel like the negative comments really say a lot more about them and what they're going through and their struggles than it does about me. So I try to just overlook it, um, not right back. I really just will block and delete and move on with my day. I mean, you have to do that. I mean, that's a, a really powerful lesson. And, and I think you, you, like I said, you're very honest with that and that you can yeah. allow it if you want to allow it to completely take over Absolutely. your life, which in a way you wonder, is that why these people are saying such mean things? Because if it does affect you, then in a way they've won. Right, exactly. And, um, and, you, and for you saying that every day, every morning, you would start your morning off by reading those negative comments. I yeah. think that's like the opposite of what every single like self-help book tells you to do. Absolutely. You're supposed to Absolutely. start the day with positive affirmations and I can do it. And, and it, and in a way you, you realize how important and valid that piece of advice is because you experience the complete opposite of right. almost starting every day in such a negative space. Exactly. Exactly. I just felt that if this is being said about me, I want to know. Mm -hmm. I want to know what people are reading. But I'm telling you, it was like overnight where I, I just had an epiphany and I'm like, this is not doing me any good. Like, what is, how is this affecting my life? Why am I doing this? Um, and I just stopped. I blocked myself from the page. I didn't allow it on my computer, on my phone. Um, and again, once I stopped giving it that much attention, it just, it didn't seem as important and it kind of just faded away. Have you talked to other YouTubers that have experienced something similar like that? At the time, I didn't know any of my friends that were mm -hmm. on the website. I was very shocked to even see myself on the website because I wasn't even too big on YouTube. I think I probably had around, um, I would say, 40, 50,000 subscribers. So I was very surprised to see myself on there because at the time it was um, very well-known 
people that were mm -hmm. on there. And, um, you know, some of my friends would tell me, well, you know, you know that you've made it once people are talking crap about you. It's a good thing. Any publicity is good publicity. But it was just it was so hurtful and nobody yeah. could understand because I did not know anyone personally that was going through it. My mom would know about it. Um, and, you know, they they even wanted to get the police involved. And it was like Internet bullying because people were threatening about jumping me and oh finding my, my location. So it got really out of hand at one point. Um, but again, it's just the more attention that I gave it, the more it grew. Yeah. So once I erased it from my life, it's like, if you don't feed those thoughts, then they're not going to, they want to get a reaction out of you. They want to get a rise out of you. So I would talk about it on my channel. I would never comment anything back or make an account on this blog, but I would talk about it on my channel. And I think the same people that were watching were the people that were writing these nasty comments. So once I stopped giving it any type of attention, it really just went away because I was not feeding into it at mm. all. So that solved that problem right there. And I think that website is long gone. I hope that it is. It might not be. But yeah. regardless, I'm not going to search it. One of the worst things that I can do is actually, and I feel like I'm going to say this now and a lot of people are going to do it, um, is Googling my name. Mm. Because once you put yourself out there, people can write anything about you. And they really feel like they know who you are. They know everything. But again, that's just the negative part and there's it's a very very small part mm -hmm. there's so much more positivity and inspirational people and sweet comments and support and like five percent negativity so mm -hmm. really you can't choose to focus on that aspect of things yeah well then let's switch over to the positive so yes. at some point in the journey something usually happens with most of the beauty bloggers. There is some tipping point, whether it was a collaboration or was a specific video or something that kind of brought their channel up to the next level. What mm -hmm. do you feel was that for you? Um, I would have to say just when I made that turning point of going full time and dedicating that much time to my channel. Um, before that, it was really just something to do once in a blue. I wasn't growing that much of a relationship with people. I wasn't showing my true personality. I was not 100% comfortable in front of the camera. So once I kind of made that decision that I'm going to come go into this full time, come out with a lot of content, really connect with my viewers. I think that was the turning point where my channel really took off. Mm -hmm. um, it's just all about dedication you know it's 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 hard because I'm my own boss and um, I'm a perfectionist and sometimes I don't know when to stop working so sometimes it can get overwhelming but at the same time it's so much fun you just don't want to stop yeah awesome. mm -hmm. yeah um, what is the one thing that is really exciting you about your channel right now um, I would just say the interest that people have shown in the last year I have made my channel a little bit more of a lifestyle channel whereas it's not only about beauty I kind of um, integrated a lot of my wedding planning and the whole process of that I, I mean back in the day when I was living at home and trying to go through all these jobs I documented that I documented moving out of my house for the first time into our first apartment uh, I documented becoming engaged and planning a wedding and now I feel like I'm the step in my life where I'm saving up for our own house. Uh, we want to have kids within about two years from now. And I'm just so excited to share that journey with my viewers. I think before I used to be so strictly everything beauty related and now I'm really showing more sides of me. So I'm so excited just to continue sharing my journey with everyone, meeting new people um, and just continuing on on my journey and sharing that with as many people as possible. Do you ever feel sometimes that you're sharing too much? 
Uh, definitely, I have. I have had a lot of people. For example, and um, if you would have asked me two years ago if I was going to put my wedding videography up on the internet for the the whole world to see, I would say absolutely not. Um, it's such a personal time, mm -hmm. but I I don't know how to explain it. It just feels right, even after my grandmother died, which is one of the the hardest things that I've ever had to go through in my life. I remember coming out with a video on my channel where I was. I was actually hysterically crying and the support from the people that have watched me for years and years was just amazing. So I do put myself out there a lot, but the support is amazing. It really is. I feel like my viewers are my real life friends that they know me better than a lot of the people that I know in my real life. So sometimes I'm kind of like, wow, should I have said that? Should I have put that out there? But um, after I get the feedback, back. I know that I made the right decision and I really don't have any regrets. I can't tell you that I put anything out there that I wish that I could take down or take away. Um, I just feel like this is me. What you see is what you get. All right, Lee. Well, we've reached towards the end of the interview, which is my favorite okay. part. It's the beauty bonus round. And so I am going to just uh, list out a bunch of questions and you respond rapid fire. Okay. Okay. So the first question is, what are your three Holy Grail items? Okay. Now I actually have some things here that I want to show you. So okay. the first thing I'm going to cheat a little bit because it's actually two items. My Holy Grail mascara combo. I never wear false eyelashes ever because I feel like these two mascaras together make it look like I have false lashes. So the CoverGirl Lash Blast in waterproof and the L'Oreal Collagen Boost also in waterproof. The waterproof formulas have a lot of wax in them, so they really hold in a curl. So these are my must-haves. That's the first one. How do you the take second, them off, though? That's my question because I can never use waterproof I get that mascara. question a lot. Yeah. Really, just baby oil. I take a little dab okay. of baby oil, and I just massage it right onto my eyes, and it takes everything off. One, two, three. It takes okay. two seconds. Good. The second thing is a really good under under eye moisturizer. This one is by CeraVe. It's called their eye repair cream. I feel like you can make any under eye concealer work if you have a good under eye moisturizer. I feel like a lot of people skip out on this, telling you to moisturize underneath your eyes. It will make a world of a difference with creasing and the longevity of your concealer and all of that. So a good under eye moisturizer. And the third one is a good teeth whitening kit. I'm telling you, this can make the hugest difference in a person's appearance. I have a video all about this. This is the Smile Brilliant Teeth Whitening, and it comes with like these little syringes and these trays that you pop in overnight. This has made my teeth, I would say, about four to six shades lighter than what they were. And I documented the whole thing so you guys could see. But I think teeth whitening are everything. I'm a little bit obsessed with white teeth. So <laughs> those are my it, holy grails. Doesn't the teeth whitening, don't they, like, make your teeth really sensitive? No, I actually have really sensitive teeth. Yeah. And this is one of the only kits that I've been able to use. The white strips, I can't. Oh God, I just yeah. can't do it. These actually work really good on me. I don't have any sensitivity. Great. Okay, next question. What is your best tip that our listeners and viewers can implement today that will help them increase their subscriber base? Okay. I would definitely say that number one would be make sure that you're starting your channel for the right reasons. Don't go into it because you want to become famous online or because you want all this money, a big following, just go into it for the right reasons. It's really a tight knit community. Um, there's so much inspiration out there. Just make sure that you go into it for the right reasons. I would also say just be yourself. Don't copy anyone. You might watch someone that you love their videos, you love their style of shooting, but people are going to love you for who you are. So I definitely say don't try to emulate 
anyone else. Be patient. It's a lot of work, um, but it will pay off in the end. And I would just say, make sure to come out with videos of what you would actually want to see, because that comes across on the screen. If you're passionate about what you're talking about, that's going to radiate off the screen. I definitely say come out with videos that you yourself would be interested in watching. Awesome. Good advice. Who is your beauty vlogger inspiration? Oh my gosh, I am inspired by so, so many girls that come out with videos. I would say if I had to say one one person, um, it would probably be Candy Johnson mm -hmm. because with her, it's just so much more than makeup, which is what I think I wanted to start my channel for in the first place. Um, she really teaches about inner beauty and I feel like she has such a big heart. She helps so many people and her passion and her kindness just radiate off the screen. And I feel like she's never got caught up in how big that she's gotten. She's very down to earth, very relatable, and she just has a good heart. Um, so she's definitely a huge inspiration to me. You know, she's mine too. She's the first beauty guru that I discovered. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah she's amazing. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. She's one of a kind. Yeah. What do you wish you knew when you first started your channel? Um, I would probably say that it's okay to be myself. Again, in the beginning, I felt like I had to be very professional. If I had any bloopers, I would never leave them in. I would always either refilm the video or take them out. Um, and I think that the more comfortable you are in front of the camera, the more you just show your true personality, people are going to relate to that a lot more. Sometimes I record videos and I go to edit and I'm like, wow, I was really loopy and hyper and crazy in that video. But you know what? That's me. That's how I was feeling that day. And it's okay to just be yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think I would just try not to get caught up in um, what people were going to think of me and just be comfortable to 100% be myself. Perfect. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite social media platform and how do you use it? I would say Instagram, which I think is probably what a lot of people would say. Um, I'm one of those people that I'm constantly on Instagram. Whenever I come out with a new video, I always put the little thumbnail on there just to let people know. And then I kind of just document my everyday life. You know, I, I take weird pictures um, on days that I'm not filming. I like to at least come out with a little something to kind of connect with my viewers in that way. So a lot of behind the scenes stuff I like to put on my Instagram. I like to let everyone know what videos I'm working on what videos went live that day so I definitely am too addicted to Instagram I actually don't have a Twitter which mm. I feel like I'm the only youtuber that does not have a Twitter mm. um, I also have Facebook but I really don't use it as much I feel like Instagram is just so easy to interact with so many different people and that probably yeah that would be my most addicted to social media <laughs> <laughs> what piece of advice would you give someone else who's looking to start their own channel um, I would just say be yourself, be yourself, have fun with it. Don't overthink everything. Don't get caught up with the numbers, with the companies that you want to work with. Just put out there what you would want to watch yourself and just make sure to stay true to yourself throughout the entire process. Perfect. Great way to mm -hmm. wrap up this interview. Well, Lee, Yay. thank you so much. I have really enjoyed talking to you and thank your you. candidness and your honesty has been really amazing. I'm sure all the viewers and listeners will love it as well. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. So where can everyone find you? Well, you can find me on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash mommy chula 8153. You can also find me on Instagram, which is official underscore mommy chula. And then on my Facebook, which is mommy chula 8153 fan page. Awesome. All right, Lee. Well, thank you so much.
Thank you, Erica. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it. That's our interview. And thank you so much for joining us here. Once again, I am your host, Erica Vieira. And for all show notes and videos and more goodies, make sure you go to the Beauty and the Vlog website at beautyandthevlog.com and check out our Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Beauty and the Vlog. Thanks so much, guys. Mwah.